1: We come to you this evening. We thank you that your word says that when two or more gathered together, you are there. You are here with us. Your presence is felt tonight. We thank you, Father, that you are taking care of everything that concerns us, everything that concerns us. Lord, you are taken care of. And Father, I know many of us have walked in here with some cares and some burdens and some things that we feel heavy in our heart tonight. And Your Word says that we cast them onto You for You care for us. We cast them onto You for You care for us. So Father, thank You for Your love. Thank You for Your care. Thank You for Your goodness. Thank You for Your mercy and Your faithfulness to us. And Father, we just ask that Your Holy Spirit fall tonight. Just consume our lives tonight. Father, we turn our faces to You. We ask for more of You. More of You and less of us. (laughs) More of You and less of us. Father, may our focus be completely, totally, and utterly on You tonight. And Father, we just thank you that your yoke is easy and your burden is light. And so as we bring our own burdens to you, you make them light. As we bring our own cares to you, you release them. You release them from us. So tonight as we worship, we put our focus on you. We turn our eyes to you. We thank you for all that you do for us. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. If you guys could stand with me, we're going to do a couple worship songs. Praise your name, Lord. We praise your name. I think most of you know now that Nothing ever goes exactly as we had planned. (laughs) And And this is a good thing. And I really feel like tonight, I'm going to ask two people to pray for certain things. Rich, you being one of them. I know you're working a couple things back there, and I get that. And Pastor Jim, you're you're the other one. And I really feel that you guys, Pastor Jim, to pray for healing, and Rich, to pray for the lost. It is just on my heart tonight that we as a church, as a congregation, have to intercede for those who need healing and those who need to be saved by the blood of Jesus. And we talk a lot about it and we say things about it, but tonight I just, as a church, as a family, as a congregation, I just want to intercede for those things. Pastor, if you can come up here, I'm going to give you this microphone. Richard, everyone is on here. Once you get it going, then I'll have you come up. Sorry for putting you guys on the spot, but it's on.
2: Father, we're so grateful tonight that you have revealed yourself to us as a God that is concerned about every facet and every dimension of our life. Father, for your word tells us that you would have all people, to be saved, and to come to the knowledge of the truth. And Lord, we're so grateful tonight that you sent your word to heal us and to deliver us from our destructions. And Lord, you tell us in your word that we're to remind you, and it's not that you forget, it's that... In reminding you, we are reminded of these great truths. Father, we're reminded tonight how Jesus went about doing good and healing those that were afflicted of the enemy. And so, Lord, tonight, we lift your word up to you. And, Father, we remind ourselves and we speak Your word, Father, over our congregation, over every family, Father. And Lord, we're so grateful that you sent your word, Father. You spoke your word. And Jesus, your life was delivered up on our behalf. And it was by the stripes laid upon you that we were healed and so Lord tonight thank you for all that you've done thank you Lord that as we speak your word and we stir up to remembrance all that has been accomplished tonight father thank you Lord that your word is demonstrated in our midst in the name of Jesus No sickness or disease or infirmity can stand before that name that has been lifted above every single name. There's no medical name that is a limitation when faced with the mighty name of Jesus. And so, God, tonight we pray, we lift up, Father, our church family, Our congregation, Father, in the name of Jesus, we speak life tonight. We thank you, Lord, for the miracle-working power of God. Thank you for the anointing tonight, Father, for the anointing of God. And we stir up our pure minds to remembrance of these things. And we speak these things you sent your word and healed us and oh god now we lift our hands and lord we thank you tonight for the demonstrations the manifestations hallelujah the burden destroying power of god in jesus name satan we break your power in the name of jesus and we declare tonight that Jesus is Lord. Hallelujah. He is the, the Lord of our lives in Jesus' name. And Lord, we're so grateful that you said in your word, you wish above all things that we'd prosper and that we'd walk in health. And so, Lord, we lift our hands to you right now, and we appropriate, we appropriate not only for ourselves, but, Father, corporately tonight, that healing anointing in the name of Jesus, that miracle-working anointing, that death-defying anointing in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that your arm is not shortened. Hallelujah. Your power has not waned. And Lord, we are so grateful tonight. We give you the praise and all of the glory and all of the honor, Lord, for you alone are worthy of it. We bless you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You said, I am the Lord that healeth thee so we receive it, hallelujah, in Jesus' precious name. Hallelujah.
1: As, as Rich is coming up here uh, to pray for the lost, let's just take one minute, and I want to pray for Josh Lakovic. He's going through some medical challenges. I'm not going to talk about all this stuff. He's got some emotional challenges that go with that, but we're going to lift him up tonight, because his name has been on my heart for a long time, and I'll tell you what, I was walking through Wegmans today, and I was going through the, uh, the alcohol area in Wegmans, and there's a new wine on the corner, and it just said, Josh. So I don't know what the Josh wine is, but immediately I start thinking about Josh Lakovic. So even a, uh, some wine, hey, we can take some communion, some new wine, be poured over his body, through his body, that he shall be healed. So Father, we intercede right now for Josh Lakovic. Right now, a Wednesday night at the end of January, in the middle of this fast, Father, we just are coming to you and speaking the blood of Jesus over this young man's body. Father, we say MS, go in Jesus' name. We say nerve endings work properly in Jesus' name. We just pray against any mental challenges that have coming on him. They say go in Jesus' name. Go in Jesus' name. We are standing here interceding for him. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your healing power and your healing touch on our brother Josh. Father, we lift him up to you. Turn his heart to you. Turn his heart to you. you. Father, things you're speaking to him now, may he just begin to walk in obedience to them now. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father.
3: Thank you Lord. Father God, we just we come to you, Lord. Your servants, the laborers, for the fields are white, ripe, and white and ready for harvest, Father. Father, I call anointing on each and every lip that hears this word tonight, Father, that their lips were ready and empowered to speak, Father, and share your love and your grace and your mercy as you sent Jesus as the example, as he went and he taught and he loved and he cared, Father. We have that same anointing and that same power. You sent us the power of the Holy Spirit, the comforter and the helper to lead us and to guide us and to anoint our lips to speak for those new lives, Father. This crazy world that we live in today no different than it was then. Father, it is just different. Father, we call this anointing on our lips tonight, Father, to speak, to speak love and life, and salvation, Father, because we know hell is real, Father. Father, we know the end is real, Father. We know it's near, Father, but we know that you are more than enough, Father. When you say you are the great I am, there is nothing that you can't do, Father. Bring to us those that you will have us speak to, and their ears will be open, Father. I call for open ears to hear, open minds to receive, Father. More love, more power, all about you, Jesus. Father, we are the laborers called to go forth. Let our lips not be sealed anymore in Jesus' name that we will speak and they will receive because of the love that flows from us, from you. Father, we thank you for this, Lord. We thank you for this power that you've given us. We thank you for that deutimous power that we have, Father. Let us be bold and courageous as we go. Father, we thank you for these things, Father. Father, I am expecting as we see the miracles and the newness of life coming upon people, the testimonies that come from that, bring new life in. Thank you, Lord. Father, I thank you for, for calling us, the laborers, to share your love with others. We give you the praise and glory for it in Jesus' precious name. Amen.
1: Last thing I want to do, I just want to continue to pray. Thanks. I want to pray for Alex Cavanaugh, his family. This is the young man, 22 years old or so, who was shot and killed at Wendy's in Edinburgh. Mm. Too close to home, too close to to us. There are those who go to Edinburgh, who are here tonight, or graduated from Edinburgh, and he's got a young family, a young wife, he felt a calling on his life to be a pastor, and the enemy came to steal, kill, and destroy, but we also know the word says that he turns around all things for good for those who love him, and we just want to pray tonight and intercede for his family, for his wife, does anybody know her name, do we know her, his wife's name, Was it? Kaylee. So we want to lift up Kaylee and they have a couple kids as well. We're going to lift up Kaylee um, and the kids tonight. So Father, we just come before you. Mm. Father, we lift up Kaylee to you, this family, the children, the parents, the aunts, the uncles, the grandparents, this entire family, Lord. Father, we just pray a supernatural peace be able to come upon them knowing, knowing that Alex is in heaven with you. And Father, we just speak against every plan and purpose of the enemy in the name of Jesus. We say no, no, no in Jesus' name. Mm. We break the power of the enemy in our lives, in our families. And Father, we pray a special blessing over this family. That You will provide everything that they need. You will take care of every concern that they have, that their family will be even more united and together. And Father, I just pray that as he wanted to be a pastor, he wanted to reach the lost, reach lives and change lives, that even in his death, Father, we speak now that his death will bring people to light. His death will bring the lost to be saved. His death will allow those who are sick to be healed. His death will bring family members that were far from God turning their hearts back to Jesus Christ, their Lord and Savior. So I thank you for the work that he is doing even as he's passed away. That his life was not for naught, Father, but his life had meaning and purpose. And even in death, although too early, you will work it for good. And we just lift them up to you tonight. Thank Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Father, I thank your word says as we seek you in your kingdom your righteousness, all these things shall be added unto us. So we lift up every prayer request that came in here tonight. We cast it up to you, for you care for us. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In every area of our lives. Thank you for boldness. Thank you for signs and wonders that follow. We thank you for your power. We worship you tonight. We thank you tonight. You are a good, good father. We love you. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. All right, turn around and say hello to someone. Amen. All right, everyone, have a seat. Have a seat, have a seat, have a seat. All right, God is good. Amen. Well, this evening, um, we've been talking about, on Wednesday night, steps to releasing your faith. And we walk through a couple different stories in the Bible about how we can see our faith to be released in certain situations, in certain areas. And tonight, I want to focus on David. I want to focus on King David, actually, before he was king, Uh, but I want to walk through uh, 1 Samuel 16 and 17, Uh, and there's a lot of scriptures I'm going to go through. I'm going to hit a couple them, skip a few here and there. I'm not going to read through all of them. I just believe that we all know the story of David and Goliath, or at least I imagine most of you know that. Uh, But the Lord just began revealing certain things throughout those two uh, chapters in the Bible to me that I want to share about releasing our faith. But the fundamental verse that I want to really focus on, and then we'll go to those scriptures, is in Mark 9, actually, Mark 9, 23. Mark 9, 23. And it says, And Jesus said to him, If you can believe... All things are possible to him who believes. If you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. And I started thinking about, okay, who in the Bible was believing for some pretty big things? Who in the Bible was going after some pretty big giants in their life and saying and stating and believing that they were going to take care of business than where they needed to take care of business? And I'm like, man, David is a great example of this. And I started reading through the story Uh, a couple times, and I just started, things started popping out and pointing out to me that David actually was in preparation for this all along. He was in preparation for this all along, and he was obedient to God. And not only that, is he actually began to speak things, and those very things that he spoke, and that he believed would happen, actually happened, and if you look at some of the verbiage we're going to look at tonight, the things that he said he would do or what would happen to Goliath is the exact thing that happened to Goliath. I mean, he likes spoken. This is going to happen, and then this is exactly what happened. And so I think it's a great story for us uh, to learn a few things from. So go to 1 Samuel 16. And I know the AV team's going to have to keep up with me here tonight because we've got a lot of scriptures we want to go through. My goal is it's a little bit different tonight. I'm going to read... Different, it's almost like an abridged version of this happening, and I'm just picking out certain scriptures during this abridged version of the David and Goliath story, and I really want to start with David being anointed as king. So verse 4, 1 Samuel 16, verse 4, so Samuel, okay, the prophet Samuel is looking for whom he is going to anoint, anoint the next king. Okay, he's looking around, Saul is currently king, God says there's going to be a new one, and Samuel's looking for it. Samuel did what the Lord said. Can we just stop there for one second? Samuel did what the Lord said. And if you're interested to hear more about that, come back on Sunday, because the Lord really has been speaking to me about doing what the Lord says to do. And Sunday's message will be more about the wedding feast and when Jesus, you know, Jesus' mother Mary says, hey, do what he says to go do. And isn't that a great lesson for us to be reminded of? What does he say to do? What is he calling you to do? What is he saying for you to go do? Is it to speak to someone? Is it to witness to someone? Is it to pray for someone? Is it to treat your wife better? Is it to be, you know, with your kids? What, What is he saying for you to go do? Do it! Because he knows there's a blessing and he knows there's something in store for you. So I love it. So Samuel did what the Lord said. Ha! He just did it. He didn't ask a lot of questions. He didn't debate it. He didn't, you know, negotiate for a long period of time. He said, go. Samuel went. So, so, so Samuel did what the Lord said. And he went where? To Bethlehem. And the elders of the town trembled at his coming. Woo! Church, come on. And our co-workers begin to tremble at our coming, not in the sense that they're afraid of us, but in the sense that the Holy Spirit power is so much on us, so much in us, and so much working through us, that it's a good trembling. Like, you know what? Oh, man, I love it when Pastor Jason comes in the room, you know? When Mike and Barb Archie show up, I love when they come in the room because there's so much power that they bring through the Holy Spirit wherever they go. Girls on campus, come on, power. That campus needs you guys, come on. Campus, Edinburgh needs you guys. I'm glad you guys are at that campus right now that needs you. So they trembled at the coming, at his coming, and they said, do you come peaceably? Now skip to verse seven. Go to verse seven. But the Lord said to Samuel, so now he's beginning to look at which one of these sons, which one of these sons is going to be uh, the next king. And I love this. Lord said to Samuel, do not look at his appearance or his physical stature. Guys, to believe in faith, to release our faith, to believe in big things, it has absolutely nothing to do with how we speak, how we look, how tall we are, how short we are. If we're a man, if we're a woman, if we're black, if we're white, if we're whatever, it doesn't matter. It says do not look at the outward appearance. Because why? Because God doesn't look at the outward appearance. He doesn't look at that. So to believe in faith, we think we need to have a certain Enneagram number. This is not true. If you don't know what that is, you can look it up later. You'll get so wrapped up in your Enneagram scores and whatever. If you have like hours and hours and hours of your life to spare... Go ahead and Google search that and start taking the test. If you don't, don't even mess with it. God made you who you are. It's okay. He loves you, and he's working through everything that you have. I'll leave it at that, anagrams, whatever. Okay, don't look at the appearance or his physical stature because I have refused him, for the Lord does not see as a man sees. Ooh, that's good. The man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Ah, what is he looking at? The heart, as a man believes in his heart, in his heart. David, if we know how what God called David, is a man after his own heart. He is looking right here at the heart. This is where God is looking. This is where we need to be looking. This we, we need to be reflecting on, in ourselves. Verse 11, let's go down to verse 11. Samuel said to Jesse, are all the young men here? So he goes through the seven, the first seven kids, and is just like, eh, nope, no, nope, 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 nope. And no, maybe that's seven. No, okay? Are all these young men here? Then he said, there remains yet the youngest. And there he is keeping the sheep. And Samuel said to Jesse, send and bring him, for we will not sit down here until he comes. David was doing his job. David was doing what he was called to do, what he was asked to do. He was under his father's authority. He was doing what he needed to go do. Verse 13 This is when Samuel then says, ah, this is the man. God says, this is him. And Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. Church, each and every one of you who has made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ has anointed you with His oil of joy, with His oil for gladness. All of the stuff that Jesus had, came for, and died for is on you and in you, and we can take advantage of that. David had it from that day forward. It's there. Even when you don't feel it, it's there. It didn't say it left certain times, or it it said from that day forward, it didn't even say that when he did his little thing that he shouldn't have done with Bathsheba and the thing when he should have been at war, blah, 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 all that stuff, it doesn't say it ever left him. The Spirit of the Lord was still upon him, even when we sin. So don't think that when we sin, all of a sudden, that the Spirit of the Lord is completely gone. That never says that it's completely gone. All right, skip down to verse 18. So now David has been anointed... Saul is having some trouble (laughs) with his life at the moment. And so they're looking for someone to help him. And one of the servants answered and said, Look, I have seen the son of Jesse, a Bethlehemite. That's like me because I'm from the city of Bethlehem in Pennsylvania. Yeah? Okay. Who is skillful in playing... And a mighty man of valor, okay, this is not me anymore. (laughs) I'm not skillful at playing any instrument, although I am a mighty man of valor, praise God. A man of war, listen to this, prudent in speech, handsome in person, and what? The Lord is with him. Ah, but the Lord is with him. The Lord has anointed him to do the things that he needs to go do. The Lord was with him. Verse 22, and Saul said to Jesse, skipping down again, saying, please let David stand before me, For he has found favor in my sight. Look at this. As the anointing of the Lord is upon us, there is favor in the places that we go, in the things that we do, in the people that we interact with. The favor was on David, and there was favor in the sight with King Saul. Okay, 1 Samuel 17, verse 4. Now we're getting into this battle between David and Goliath. And the champion went out from the camp of the Philistines, named Goliath from Gath, whose height was six cubits and a span. So that's like nine foot something. Okay, that's like pretty tall. If you've ever seen a basketball hoop, you don't have to because there's one right there. Look over there. So that would be like his head like being halfway in the net right there, okay? So like nine and a half feet, his head, his hair would be like in the net. So this is a big dude. This is no small man. This is a big dude. Skip down to verse eight. And what did Goliath do is he stood and he cried out to the armies of Israel and said to them, why have you come out to line up for battle. I am a Philistine and you, the servants of Saul, choose a man for yourselves and let him come down to me. So, this is just like the enemy. Yeah, making threats, saying, Ah, eh, yeah, why don't you come do it? Well, yeah, go ahead and pray for that person. Let's see what really happens. Go ahead and go look and apply for that new job. Let's see what really happens. The enemy is just like Goliath. He's a representation of Goliath. He's acting big. He's acting strong. He's acting intimidating. He's saying a bunch of stuff to get you worried and afraid to not believe in faith. What God has actually said is yours as a promise in the Bible. You understand? The enemy comes to what first? Steal, kill, and destroy. What is he coming to steal? He's coming to steal the word. He's actually coming to steal the word. And Goliath is here trying to steal the word. This is what the enemy is trying to go do. He's trying to frighten David and Saul and all of Saul's army to not take the authority that actually probably Goliath knows that they have. Of course, you know, we don't know that for sure. Well, I can't, this is is amazing. So verse 8, this is what happens. So verse 10, actually verse 11, go to verse 11. When Saul and all of Israel heard these words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. Everybody was dismayed and greatly afraid except for one. And we'll see that here in a minute. Verse 15. So David occasionally went and returned from Saul to feed his father's sheep in Bethlehem. Verse 16. And the Philistine drew near and presented himself for 40 days, morning and evening. This went on for 40 days. I know I love four, like numbers in the Bible are great. Do some research on numbers. The 40 is used a lot, 40 days of fasting. There's a lot of 40 days that happens, happen to be. But look at for 40 straight days he does this. And in verse 20, so now David is coming near the battle. So David rose early in the morning, left the sheep with the keeper, took the things, and went as Jesse had commanded him. And he came to the camp as the army was going out to fight and shouting for the battle. So skip down a little bit. So he hears Goliath. He hears what he's doing. Verse 25. So the men of Israel, have you seen this man who has come up? Surely he has come up to defy Israel. I love this. Surely. And it shall be that the man who kills him, the king will enrich with great riches, will give him his daughter and give him his father's house, exemption from taxes in Israel. So it's just like, you know what, if anybody can beat this guy, if there's anybody out there who has the faith to believe that we can take this down, there is favor and there is blessing and there is reward when we walk in faith. How many know this? Amen. There is favor and blessing when we walk in this faith that God has for us. There's this reward. And then in verse 26, And David spoke to the men who stood by, saying, What shall be done for this man who kills his Philistine?" And takes away the reproach from Israel. For who is the uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? So now David is beginning, just beginning to speak saying, okay, here we go. Who is, who, who is this guy? I don't care if his head is up in the net. Whatever. Who is he to speak against my, what mountain is in your life? What Goliath is standing in front of you? speaking to you, saying, no, 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 this isn't going to work out for you. It's not going to be. And you can just look at that and say, wait a second. I don't care how big you are. God says we can move mountains when we believe in faith. We can move mountains. We certainly can move a Goliath who's nine foot whatever. That's nothing. That's absolutely nothing for our God. Verse 28. Now Eliab, the oldest brother, heard when he spoke to the men... And Eliab's anger was aroused against David. So now there's some jealousy going on. And he said, why do you come down here? And with whom have you left those few sheep in the wilderness? So he's just like, wait a what are you doing? And he looked back, David took, he was taking care of his stuff. So his older brother needs to just like chill out for a second. Right, this happens in our lives, especially in my family. Like Jairus, chill out, Ruby is fine, what she's doing. Like this happens all the time, okay? He says, I know your pride And and, uh, insolence of your heart, for you have come down to see the battle. So he thinks he's coming down here just to like, you know, see the the parade. Skip to verse 32 with me. So now David says to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight the Philistine. And what's interesting here that I think we need is a great takeaway is David made the choice. That's it. It's me. I'm going to do it. And when you begin to believe to release faith in your life, to release faith against that Goliath, to release faith against that mountain that's standing in front of you, you have to decide to go all in. You have to decide to go all in. You're like, you know what? I don't care what happens to me. I am going all in in this battle. I'm going completely for it. Completely. I don't know what's going to happen maybe, but I'm going completely in this battle. He decided. He says, you know what? I'll go and do this. Verse 33, and Saul said to David, you are not able to go against this Philistine and fight with him, for you are a youth, and he's a man of war from his youth. But listen to this, 34, but David said to Saul, your servant used to keep his father's sheep, and when a lion or a bear came and took the lamb out of the flock, I went after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth, and when it arose against me, I caught it by its beard, struck it, and killed it. And so what I love about this is okay there's a 9 foot 6 dude that he's about to go take but think about the lions and the bears all of this was training all of this was building his faith so the things that you're going through now the challenges that you have now the things you're fighting against you're like well it's not quite God is preparing you he is showing you that he is faithful he's showing that as you begin to speak these words and say these things and believe in faith he is building up your faith The battles that you are fighting today is preparing you for the battles you're going to fight tomorrow. So count it all joy, the Bible says, when you go through many trials. It's like, how do we count joy? Because knowing that the battle you're in now is preparing you for the next battle later. You know, in the Bible, the Bible says, you know, he'll never give you, God will never give you more than you can handle. And I think that that's misquoted and misrepresented so much. Like, you know what, God's going to, you know, he'll just make sure that it's not going to be too hard for you. What? What, by, what world are you living in? There are things that happen, not that he's making it hard, but things happen in our life that is very hard. And things happen. Why? Because you have to rely on him so you can get through it. Yeah. He wants you relying on him in all things. Yes. says he never give you something you can't. No, because you can't handle without him. It's not so you can do everything on your own. He doesn't actually want that. He doesn't want you to do everything on your own. Actually, he doesn't want you to do anything on your own. Nothing on your own. The servant has killed lion and bear. And this, verse 36, and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them. So here David is starting to speak. No, 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 no. You know what? I killed these things. I'm going to also take out this guy here. He begins to speak the words of faith of what's going to happen before it's going to happen. You see that? He's now beginning to speak those words. So each and every one of us in our lives, as we see a Goliath, as we see a mountain, as we see a lion, as we see a bear, we begin to speak those things. Speak those things of the word of God over those even before you see it coming to pass. Verse 37, moreover, David said, the Lord who delivered me, from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine and Saul said to David hey ha, go ahead and go lord be with you right so it's just like you know what i'm not going with you but go ahead and go with go ahead go and make this thing happen of course then he tries to give him uh, all his armor and that stuff doesn't work verse 42 skip down and when david or when the philistine looked about and saw david he disdained him. This is just like the enemy. Oh, no, no, no. It's just Pastor Jason coming after me. Ah, that's not going to be a big deal. And David's like, no, 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 no. Oh, it's going to be a big deal for you, buddy. This is how we need to be enacting acting in our faith. Him and he was only a youth. He was ruddy. He's going 43. So the Philistine said to David, am I a dog? So now he's taunting him. Satan has not backed down. The enemy has not backed down, still coming taunting, still coming saying certain things. Am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Verse 45, and David said to the Philistine, you come with me, or you come to me with a sword and with a spear and a javelin, but this is what we come after every situation in our life. I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel whom you have defied. This is what we come to battle with. We come to battle in every situation with our God. 46, this day, now he begins to speak what's exactly gonna happen. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand and I will strike you, take your head from you. And this day I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth that the whole earth may know that there is a God in Israel. You see the mountains that are in your life, the Goliaths that are in your life, when you speak to them and God miraculously shows up, it is to show everyone else, including yourself, that he is the God of miracles. That he is the God who does all things and works all things together for good. Verse 47, then the assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with the sword of the spear. For the battle is the Lord's and he will give you into our hands. And so it was that the Philistine arose, came and drew near to meet David. And I love this. And David hurried and ran toward the army to meet him. So, first he made the decision, then he began to speak. And then, when the time was ready, when the Lord says, Do it, it's time, he ran. He didn't walk, he didn't stroll, he didn't second guess. Because sometimes when you're walking, you can second guess. But I can imagine this whole thing playing out. I'm I'm pretty sure David might even be yelling as it's happening, right? I mean, because maybe I've watched Gladiator too much, right? So you just start, if you're running at something and there's a big giant, like you start probably yelling. He's like, come on, let's go, right? He is in this thing now. It's too late. I'm running at it. He's probably at a point now he's getting close where the spear or the javelin could have hit him from where he's at. So he's like, he is in this battle. He is ready to go. I love it. He hurried to meet him. Verse then David put his hand in the bag, took out the stone, slung it, struck the Philistine on the forehead so that the stone sank into his forehead and he fell to his face on the earth. And so David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone and struck the Philistine and killed him. But there was no sword in the hand of David. Therefore David ran and took the, took the, t- stood over the Philistine, took his sword, drew it out of his sheath and killed him, cut off his head, cut off his head with it, And the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, and they fled. The very thing that David said he would do, he did. He said he was going to take his head off. But he went to battle with a slingshot and stones. You see that? And what happened? And what did he say? He looked around, and I don't have a sword. Ah! But what I spoke was going to happen. The Lord provided the sword right there, which was Goliath's sword, and he took it off, and he cut his head off. He took the enemy out. He killed the giant. He slayed it. He did exactly what he was going to, and what God supernaturally brought everything that he needed to win that battle, right when he needed it. Because the slingshot and the stone didn't kill him; it knocked him down. It's the sword that killed him. And I love it. It's that the very same sword that was threatening David was the very same sword that got picked up and ended the enemy. Ended the enemy. So, Father, we just thank you tonight. We thank you tonight that you move mountains. We thank you, Father God, that right now we speak against any Goliath that is in our life. And we say in the name of Jesus, it shall be defeated. He shall be defeated in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, for the strength. Thank you, Father, for the faith that we believe that what we say we shall have as we go and attack the enemy, Father God, that is coming against us. Father, we thank you that your word is truth, that your word is whole, that your word brings life, that your word is sharper than any two-edged sword, and that that very sword that we have to cut off Goliath's head is the word of God, and that sword is more powerful, it has dunamis power in it, Father God, that that sword that we have, this word of God, is the, the weapon that we use to speak against every enemy and every mountain that is in our life. And so Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for these amazing words that have been penned by men of God so many years ago that all come together showing and leading to the redemption of man through your son, Jesus Christ. So Father, we just thank you for Jesus. We thank you for the blood of Jesus. We thank you that the name of Jesus is a battle weapon that we have that we can wield and use Every single day in our life. Father, thank you for the faith for each and every one of us to run into battle. To make the decision to say, you know what? I am tired of that mountain being in my way. I'm tired of that Goliath standing there and threatening me. Forty days is too much. It's done. It's over. And I'm going after that enemy with all God has given me. And Father, thank you that you show us that David entered the battle with not everything that he needed. <laughs> but when he needed it, when he needed it, you provided it. And so, Father, let us, none of us, lose heart to say, well, I'm not quite ready for this battle. I don't feel like I have everything that I need. Well, David didn't have everything he needed either. But he ran into battle because he had the name of the Lord. That's right. He had the name of the Holy, Most High God in his corner, in his backing saying, I am with you, I will never leave you, I will never forsake you. And I am with you to the end of the days. And so, Father, as we close tonight, just one more thing has been on my heart is there was a word that was spoken over the, kind of the northeast part of the United States, and I'd never heard it before, but maybe... It's prevalent. It says that we're entering into a post Christian era. And I say no to that in Jesus' name. This area is not post Christian. This area is just getting started with revival. This area is just getting started showing the love of Christ, seeing the lost saved, the sick healed, revival to our schools, to our colleges, to our workplaces. Father, hospitals clearing out in Jesus' name. People being healed left and right. And Father, we speak again. We don't accept the name of post-Christian over Erie, Pennsylvania, Erie County, or even the northeast of this entire United States of America. Father, we believe this is a Christian era. (laughs) And we love you. We thank you, Lord. For all that you do, Father, give us wisdom through Your Holy Spirit the rest of this week as we work through the last few days of this fast. Continue to give us strength as we push in to hear from You, but mostly to just to seek Your face and to see how beautiful and how precious You are. Thank You, Father, that Your angels surround us. Thank You for favor in everywhere that we go. We praise your holy name. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. All right, a few minutes passed tonight, but you are dismissed. We'll see you on Sunday.
0: Thank you for being a part of today's Faith Communications broadcast of Erie Christian Fellowship Church. If you do not currently have a church home, you are invited to join us on Sunday mornings at 10 o'clock. Erie Christian Fellowship is located at 5900 Saratania Road, directly across from the Walnut Creek Middle School. You'll find us on the web at www.ecfchurch.org where you may sign up to receive our monthly faith communications newsletter. Again, thanks for joining us today. And always remember 2 Corinthians 5-7 that declares, For we walk by faith, not by sight.